Hey everybody, welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Today is part two of the Private Michael Dalkey Sessions. I hope you enjoyed part one. I know there's a little bit of background noise because this was actually stripped off of a, a video that I did in a hotel room with Michael. Uh, but if you pay attention to this, there is some massive, massive value here for you. This guy is uh, very smart if you haven't figured that out already. So I hope uh, you enjoy this gift from me to you. And here we go. All right, well, the first video is awesome, honestly. I mean, I can't wait to go back and watch it. Uh, obtaining growth versus, versus having control, I loved it. Now, this video, we're going to talk about the only three business metrics that really matter and how to measure them. You say cash flow, customer satisfaction, and employee engagement. So yeah. a lot of people in the boot camp, they don't really measure metrics at all. <laughs> sure. First of all, is it important to be able to have a, a number that you can look at to measure pieces of your business how big of a deal is that i think it's absolutely everything at this level um you know at the early level you just need to hustle yeah but once you get <laughs> to the point where you're off the ladder you right. need to have a few things that you can say this is my scorecard you don't play scorecard. a football game and say gosh you know what uh we're not going to keep score who's at the end of the game who wins and who loses mm -hmm. this is just a way the numbers are just a way to keep score on whether you're winning or you're losing and numbers don't lie right Right, and we don't have to overcomplicate it either, right? You don't have to have a, a a dashboard with forty metrics on it. I mean, if you have a small cleaning business, you're saying the only three metrics that really matter are cash flow, customer satisfaction, and employee engagement. Let's go through them one at a time. Yeah, cash so maybe flow. from a high level, Josh, where we st we stole that. Okay, we stole it from Jack Welch. I got the absolute privilege of getting to meet him at really? a private event. He was a CEO of GE, right? CEO of GE. He wrote a book called The Real World MBA. Yeah, I read the um, Straight from the Gut, I think. Yeah, Straight from the Gut's great. Winning is great. Um, and now his new one with his wife is called The Real World MBA. And that's just what he talks about. So if we break down business, one of the things that we believe in our organization is that business is a really complicated math problem, right? It, can, it starts with... I have revenue minus cost equals profit. Right. But then you get to revenue and you can say, well, customer acquisition cost, marketing spend times customer acquisition cost equals new customers, new customers times your average job size equals this, and that equals your revenue. Right? There's this huge amount of complication that can go into it. And all the way down, we measure different key result areas. So customer satisfaction is measured all the way down the organization. Uh, different cash flow metrics, COGS, cost of goods sold is measured by production managers. But when you are thinking about coming off that ladder, and even me today, the three that really matter are cash flow, customer satisfaction, and employee engagement. Cash flow, because if you don't have cash flow, you don't get to exist to serve another day. If you don't have, uh, and you can't invest to grow your business, you can't do anything without that cash flow. Mm -hmm. so important. Customer satisfaction, if you don't have people happy with your business, you're going to get bad reviews online, which is going to affect your ability to get new customers. Your old customers are going to leave you. So that's the health of the organization. <laughs> Never heard of business that's that's failed that has adequately priced their product that didn't delight their, that was delighting their customers. And then lastly, the employee engagement, because that really drives that customer satisfaction without the employees being engaged. Right, that's like a chicken before the egg thing, or a chicken or the egg question and I've, I've had debates on Facebook I don't really know how to answer this but 
you know, who's really more important to your business? Is it your customers or your team? And it's, it's a tricky thing because you can argue both ways. I mean, you got to have customers to generate revenue, uh, of course, um, but you can't really grow much of a business without a team. And so it's, it's a very symbi- symbiotic kind of relationship, and they're the ones serving your customers. And so if they're, they, if they're not highly engaged, it's going to affect everything else. Um, in regards to cash flow, let's get a little more granular. A little more granular because... Um, some people, they're just not familiar with like really complex financial stuff. So if we're looking at a financial statement and we have revenue, what are some of the things on that sheet? And like explain cost of goods sold. Yeah. Explain what you mean by there. What are you including? I mean, you got your soapy water, your bucket. Do you include your labor in that? And Tell us how you look at those numbers. Yeah. So if we look at cash flow and we want to have that increasing. So um, we break it down. So first of all, the major impact cash flow for us because the account's receivable. Mm-hmm. So there's a big difference between revenue and your sales and your cash flow. Right. Because you need the actual money coming in. One of the areas we're struggling with right now, um, four weeks ago, we had $143,000 in accounts <laughs> receivable. Yep. The That's, AR can get crazy. And you do commercial work too? or A no? little bit. Because for us, the AR got insane when we started doing like colleges and hospitals and things and they take 60 90 days sometimes to pay it was a total disaster and you're paying payroll today on that 143,000 you already paid the people to do the work you didn't get the money for the work yes absolutely so one of my buddies has a carries a three to four hundred thousand dollar AR all the time Mm. in high-rise it's scary uh, to me so you have to look at how can we increase cash flow um, first of all, in that scenario, one of the things you want to do is speed up your AR, right? right. You want to start contacting customers sooner to get the money in. Can you take credit cards? What can you do to speed up the accounts receivable? And what can you do to slow accounts payable? So could you, you, don't, you can't slow down paying your people, but can you throw some stuff out that's monthly payments instead of annual payments? Can you pay two days before the due date instead of the second you get that bill? How can you slow down a payables and speed up receivables, and that's going to directly impact your cash flow right away. So from there, we say, all right, we got the money coming in now. So how do we break it down? We budget in only four areas. Five million dollar company, lots of employees, just four areas. The first is marketing. How much are we investing in the growth of our business? And depending on the service that we're trying to grow and the market we can grow, we're trying to grow. It's anywhere from five to fifteen percent. It's been as high as twenty-five percent. The second area that we have is our administrative costs. So we have to have someone to process payroll. We have to have somebody to handle um, the phone team, the office staff. Call this uh, the the office team. Um, Then we have... I always called those dead weight employees and all I meant by that was they're non-revenue producers. Non-revenue, that's a but great way to put it. they're not dead weight, like yeah. it was a joke, but it was just an yeah. internal thing. But yeah, they're not bringing dollars in the door, but they're a fixed expense that you got to support. Absolutely. So we've got marketing, we've got admin, we've got what we call operations, which is um, your software CRM system, your insurance, your lease, your phone bill, your, your, your phone bill, your, er, all of those things. And then we have our cost of goods sold. So cost of goods sold is our direct labor. Um, so our guys are out cleaning the windows. Um, their supplies to clean the windows, the fuel to get to those jobs. Um, we also factor in any customer repairs in that line. So we just break it down from there. Our cash that's coming in. So like not the revenue that we produce, not the sale we did, but the cash that's coming into the business. And then we subtract out our marketing investment, 
we subtract out our administrative expense, our operational expense, and our um, cost of goods sold. That's it. So it's simple. It's very simple. And then we provide our teams with a budget in those areas. So cost of goods sold, our managers, our production managers, all have a budget for their repairs. They have a budget for their supply orders. And then we track their labor because we pay on commission. As long as our guys are hitting a certain level of speed and quality, we can, contra- we can track that as well. So we track it for them. What's really cool about that is your team, you have a full team because your company's getting pretty big. Um, but people can make decisions. They can buy the toilet paper for the bathroom in the office. They can do stuff without bothering you, right? Everything's set up. It's nice and neat. It's clean. You know, I think the big one for me with your cash flow was the marketing line item because these a lot of these guys, especially in the boot camp, but just out there in general, um, they don't spend enough money marketing. And you said you've been as high as 25% on the dollar. Yeah. That Just think about this, people. If your business is a hundred grand, imagine spending twenty five thousand dollars of that just on scale and growth. Like that's how you grow quickly, though. But that would terrify people. They they, they get scared to spend two hundred dollars a month on something when they have a hundred thousand dollar business. Is is that why they're not having success? I don't know the specific business, but I can tell you that for me, spending twenty five percent was terrifying. But what was more terrifying was having the same business the next year. So it was terrifying to me to look at our business and saying, if we did two hundred thousand this year to do two hundred thousand next year, that was terrifying. Oh, that is a huge mind gold nugget, mind bomb right there. Just drop the mic, walk off the stage. No, that's good. That's good. It's more terrifying to stay where you're at. Yeah. If you don't make any changes, nothing's going to change, right? That that's massive. And God, you know, even at the five percent level, you guys are spending hundreds of thousands on marketing. Yeah, that's normal. And now, now it's easier. I, it's harder for the guy who's on the ladder to spend that because it's eating into his lifestyle, right? It's eating into his ability to put food on the table. Now, uh, when we spend those money, that amount of money, it's in. It's different, right? And you you set hard. a baseline. It's a non-movable, non-negotiable part of what you do. Yeah. So after you get used to it, you just work around it and budget around it. Right? Absolutely, hundred percent. So the, the only three business metrics that really matter is cash flow. You measure cash flow on not you know what you sold theoretically, but the dollars that are coming in the door, yeah. offset against the the dollars that are going out. And you talked about you know increasing, getting your AI, your accounts receivables in quicker. Yep. And you could do that by offering credit cards on the spot or offering a discount if they pay really quickly or something. I mean, do you, what is there any other tips or tricks? Yeah. In that? So what we're doing right now is instead of starting our accounts receivable process when somebody's 30 days past due, we're starting it the first week. So invoices go out daily just like everybody else's does. Some of them we have credit cards on file and we just charge. But then after that first week, we're sending a reminder email. And just in case you didn't get it, here's your invoice. If you've already paid, no big deal. The next week, we're sending a letter. Here you go. Um, you know, in case you didn't get it via email, your, your Gmail, we're mm-hmm. going to your Gmail junk. Mm-hmm. Here's our letter. And then the third call is a phone call. So now we've already contacted them four or five times before we hadn't contacted them ever. So in three weeks, we've taken that $143,000 accounts receivable to yesterday at one point it was $105,000. So $40,000 of cash All because you sent weeks. a couple emails and a couple letters. We just changed the process just a right. little bit. $40,000 more in, that's in our bank account that was in the customer's bank account right. three weeks ago. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's really good advice. And even little businesses can... 
can do that. You know, a lot of guys just get paid on the spot, but you start growing a little bit, doing a little commercial work, man, it can get really tricky, especially with payroll. I mean, yeah. we've all had, have you ever ran a payroll where you're not part of that payroll? But everybody else gets paid, but except for you, right? How many times do <laughs> we have to first, do that? The whole first two or three years, Josh. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're running payroll, and the employees get their direct deposit, and they don't realize that you, you're, like, passed out, like, and there's, like, a dollar in your account. And you have AR, and you, it's fine, but it's not, and you're straight, and, yeah, it's a disaster. But you got to just hold on, right? Yeah. you got to hold on. So the next metric is customer satisfaction. How do you measure that? It sounds so corporate and boring, right? Yeah. But is it... How much do the customers love you, right? Yeah, so um, there's a lot of software out there. Um, there's Customer Thermometer that we use in one of our locations. Oh, I've never heard of that. that. That's cool. Uh, they can click uh, green, yellow, red, or something else, maybe orange. I can't remember. But then it sends you a report as the manager how many clicks they got, and they can put in comments. There's another one called Quality Driven. That's more for main services. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still old-fashioned, sending out an email after every job. Um, so one of our processes for our customer service person is to send out an email that says, on a scale of one to 10, one being extremely dissatisfied, 10 being extremely satisfied, how likely are you to refer us to a friend or family member? Mm-hmm. And they respond. And what we did wanted, why we wanted to do that was twofold. One, we wanted to draw out customer complaints on purpose. Right, run we, towards problem. We wanted to pull them out and say, is this a problem we need to fix? One of the things we found out is customers had a different expectation about how we were going to clean their suite, their screens mm-hmm. than what we did. A courtesy wipe, you know, wasn't what they thought it was. Right. You know, so we had to start explaining that on the. And you would have never known that if you didn't even make an effort to engage them after, after the job was done. Absolutely. So when we started this process, we were at around a seven point seven on average, which to us is horrible. Anything below a six, you automatically get a call from our office saying, oh my gosh, what did we do? How can we fix <laughs> right. it? Six or less, we are going to run to you and we're going to be over there today. Right. Something if you happened. Us. Something happened. Seven to eight, we feel is pretty neutral. Nine to ten, we're, yeah, thank you very much. You know, Would you like... Uh, I mean, it, this is us? a net promoter score, right? This it's, is the net promoter score. This is exactly so what that is. So your promoters are nines and tens? Uh, or eights, nines, and tens? Nines and tens. Nines and tens. And the detractors are six or less. Correct. Those are the people who are, they're going to give you a negative referral. Like, hey, don't hire this company. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we don't and want we want to run to them. We look at it as Michael Kaplan said on your podcast, a good friend of mine, it's a customer service opportunity now. Yeah. Um, it's not a problem. It's a customer service opportunity. How do we take that person who would have wrote a bad review on Google, and how do we take them and say, hey, let's turn this into a customer fan, after this so and you can do that like some of the best most loyal customers we had that relationship really got solidified because of a mistake that was made something bad happened they were freaking out we dealt with it at a high level ran towards it took responsibility for it fixed it and now they've referred us to 100 million people I, it really is an opportunity I know you've probably found that to be true too it, it really is and we have uh, it's amazing how the whole service industry in general, has subpar for par par performance. So when you go above and beyond and say, hey, we have a problem and we fix it, they think that's the the customers just think that's amazing. I know. You actually answer your phone. You're already in the top 10% in (laughs) businesses. You actually follow up after your job and stand behind your product. People are like, their minds are blown. This is probably normal in 1952, 
Um, but it's not anymore. Yeah. People expect a low level of service. So you're measuring cash flow, understanding that accounts receivable, getting paid faster, paying your bills you know, when you need to pay them, not a day earlier. And then you got customer satisfaction with the net promoter score. Yeah. You got your uh, promoters and your detractors. How do you figure out the ratio real quick on that? Yes. Is it the division problem? Uh, we're, we don't do the ratio. Oh, okay. We just do measure the score. So I was saying we were at a 7.7 when we started the process. Today, on window cleaning, we have a maid service division as well, but we're at about 9.4, 9.5. Wow. Do you reset it monthly? Uh, that is that is a monthly. Right. Monthly so number. you add them all up, divide it, get the average for the month. Yep. And that it gives you a pulse, guys. Metrics, the whole point of it, it's like it's like you grab your, the arm of your business and, you, and you're feeling for the pulse. And yep. you can feel if your business is healthy or sick or something's off, right? Yeah. So what we do, Josh, that I think is when we talk about how to track them, that's how we track it. But how we use it is in that, you know, we just talked about the leadership meeting. One of the things that we talk about with our production managers in that leadership development meeting is their team's net promoter score or their team's quality score. So uh, they tell me what they were last week or two weeks ago and what their team was last week. And we try to see if there's a negative trend because most of the issues you'll find are employee issues. And it doesn't start like, oh, usually sometimes it does, but they don't just so show up for that day. But you see performance start sliding, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we look for that slide. Oh, you know, Jimmy was always 9.5. Now he's 9.3. He's been getting some 7 and 8s. Right. What's going on? And you can see it. And you're, you're really what you're seeing is that Jimmy has something going on at home that you never would have noticed. Or yeah. something in his relationship with his wife. And so he's stressed out. But you can identify it. Right? Yeah. That's or the other th- we that a lot of times it is what's happening in their personal life. The other thing is sometimes they just start to left to their own devices, cut a few corners. They're not wearing they're not wearing their booties in the house anymore. Uh, they're not making the courtesy call. They they stop doing it once, a couple times, and oh now I'm not doing it. And now you start seeing that, so you go back to the process and say, Are you doing the courtesy call? You know what? I haven't been. I'm sorry. I'll fix it. Well, now they're right back up under that 9.5, and you've solved that problem before it affected any mm-hmm. customer or that employee. It's amazing. Very powerful, very simple, but powerful. The last metric you say is employee engagement, Yeah. which this would probably be my favorite. I think the culture, what's really fun about going to work in a small business is your team. Like I love the coffee, the thing, the how's it going, the, you know, arguing with someone about a sports team and having fun. But yeah, we all work hard, but building that family how do you measure as a metric employee engagement? Yeah, so for if I, I don't know all your boot camp um, demographics, but if I'm the guy who's in it with my team, if I'm the manager and I've got a team of four or five, I'm in, I'm measuring that by the looks on their faces <laughs> more than I am on some survey. You know, if I in the early days if I gave my five guys a survey, they'd have been like, "Dude, you're with us every day." You know, you can tell <laughs> right. them I'm That's unhappy. True. When there, when there's no benefit to overcomplicating something yeah. if you don't need to, right? Right. Uh, we just uh, purchased a large business in St. Louis, and the owner called it walking slowly through the crowd. She would see the people come in in the morning, and she would just look, and she would just check their faces, and if they looked different. She would go up to him and talk to him and work towards that problem. Hey, I just noticed you're not feeling, you look, you look a little off today. Is everything okay? And they say, you know what? I am just found out I'm getting divorced. Or I just found out my house, my payment, I'm, you know, my payment for, for my mortgage isn't going to The Detroit care. Lions lost again. Yeah, I'm so sick of the Detroit Lions. <laughs> They're a horrible football team. I can't perform my job yeah. anymore. So that, that, if I'm in that area, 
if I'm in that game, I'm looking at their face every day, and I'm trying to judge their mean. Are they quick, more quick-tempered? I'm trying to look at that trend and saying, what are they normally like in the morning, and is this any different? Could be positive too, right? Why are you so happy? You got a new girlfriend. Awesome. You know, let's go out to eat you, you, her, and my wife. You know, that would be um, what I'd be looking for. Now, if I'm a bigger company like ours, we're using surveys now. So we have a survey that we've gotten uh, from another consultant that we're sending out, and it's not the typical, just are you engaged? It's here's 30 questions, and I want you to rank them one to five so we can pull out our biggest problem areas. So we know if we're listening versus we're just telling. So what are the questions? Can you give us some sample questions? Like, do you feel heard? Do you feel heard is a, is one of them. Um, do you feel like your your direct manager values you in your opinion? Um, do you feel adequately, adequate, adequately compensated for your role? Um, how do you feel about the company's benefit package on a one to five scale? So there's all these questions, and really they relate back to that bigger math problem. And do they fill them out anonymously for you? We have them fill them out. That way you can just, again, you can create a piece of paper to, to feel the pulse of that entire part of your company. Yeah. What we've stolen from Alan Mulally, from the, was the former CEO of Ford, he said the data sets you free. If you have feelings, that's very political, right? I feel good about Josh, and I don't feel as good about Jim. Mm-hmm. So I treat Josh differently than I treat Jim. Um, and there's always going to be some of that. So whenever you can take it to data, the data sets you free. It's not, hey, Josh is doing a great job and Jim's not doing a good job. It's the, here's Josh's results and here's Jim's results. So when we look at it as a company, we like to say, you know, we got to kick over the rock and look for the squiggly things. You know, those are ugly, <laughs> ugly areas right. of our business. Right now we have a routing problem. Our people are driving too far. They're upset about it. Uh, we've got to fix that. We Okay, we kicked over that rock. It's ugly. It's squiggly. Let's mm-hmm. fix it. At one point, it was just as simple as we need our pay stubs emailed. Um, oh, no problem. Um, so we find a lot of those squiggly things, and then we can fix them, and that's how we improve our in, in measuring employee engagement, it, it's not about being perfect, right? But if, if a, one of your team members feels like, oh, my gosh, these guys are actually trying to fix this stuff. They're actually taking action. It makes it a much more sticky job, right? Yeah. I mean, people aren't constantly searching for another job. They're a laborer. You know, employees have a tendency to say, okay, I can trade one hour of my life for $10 an hour here, or I could go over with Michael's company and get, you know, ten fifty, or I could go over here. They look at their time as like a commodity. Yeah. But then when you get an employee and you're engaging them and you're investing in them and there's these meetings and you're, you're asking them, do you feel heard? Do you feel... They, nobody does that. Yeah. And so they don't have anything to compare it to, so they want to stick around. And yeah. it's, how important is it to have them stick around while you're growing really quickly? It's it's everything. Um, it is everything. So um, along those same lines, uh, you know, Brent has been with me. I think for all of. I think he came in a year since we started. I don't. Need, Brent never calls me and says, "Hey, I needed this." He just does it. He makes the decisions. He's engaged. He, he knows that I got his back. Um, and I think one of the things that people, um, if I'm listening to this, that I see that our other business owners do is they have a problem, and instead of fixing it, they throw money at it. They say, gosh, you know what? This, problem, this employee is unhappy with his pay or whatever, and they say, I'm going to pay him more to, get, to have that problem go away. So a lot of, you know, I know a lot of people and a lot of my friends say, 
people are coming into their office all the time and saying they want more money or all of this. And we don't have that at all. We have a few people that come to us and say they want more money, but we pay an incentive wage, we pay commission, and our people are engaged at a different level. We're not talking and about I think that. employees feel like when they're unhappy, they're just going to say it's money. Yeah. So they don't feel heard. I agree with that. So they say, oh, this job, I don't even, you know, and what's wrong? Well, I need more money. Really what they really mean is I don't feel valued. I don't feel heard. Nobody gives a crap what I say. Right? Yeah. It's a highly emotional thing. And, you know, I have a, some training things. I did a podcast on decommoditizing your business. And then I made one on decommoditizing, like, your business from the perspective of your employees. How do you make the work environment so unique that they have nothing to compare it to? It's not just a loaf of bread, a loaf of bread. You're your own thing. And so if they were ever to leave or disengage with your company, they're never going to get that level of investment, coaching, you know, personal relationship, all that. It would be so hard for another. Anyway, so that's good. The only three business metrics that matter, cash flow, customer satisfaction, and employee engagement. I think the last one is the big one, man. Uh, cash flow, of course, <laughs> is a very yeah. big practical one because you got to pay your stuff. Um, but that's good stuff. I appreciate yeah. that very much. Sounds good. You know, you brought up uh, the last thing I'd say. You brought up the chicken and the egg. Yeah. You know, yeah. What, was it the employees or the customers? We yeah. fully believe it's the employees because the, if we, our employee, if we're taking good care of our employees and they're more useful that customer so that customer we use that also as a way to say you're very useful a 9.5 i value your service right we can increase the value of our service through pricing mm-hmm. so we're the highest we charge more than anybody else in minneapolis that i know of for window cleaning and we still have people saying that you're very valuable so then it hits cash flow mm-hmm. so i believe it starts with the employee they're more useful they provide more value and we charge more value i do too because if i if you took away everything in my business and, and said, you can only have one thing to start. You can have a team to start with, um, a really good high-level team to start with, or you can just have a bunch of customers by yourself to start with. I'm going this route <laughs> every yeah. time. Absolutely. Like, that's a good way to look at it. But, okay, cool. So we'll, we'll roll into the third video here in just one minute. Hey, thanks for hanging out, friends. And from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.